Baseball family, welcome to this week's episode. We are going to talk about Miguel Cabrera, baseball cards, and the Texas Rangers right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome back, baseball family, to another episode of the Baseball Together podcast. We are so excited that you're here with us. And as always, I am Brig. And to my this side is, is Brad the man. Hey, hey, <laughs> you hey. Moved. You moved is what you did. I guess, relatively speaking, I may have, I very well may have moved. That's true. I can move us. Check it out. Look Deal with it. Okay. Now he's all right. Now he's over here. <laughs> listen, for those of you watching on YouTube, the shenanigans are real. For those of you listening, we're terribly sorry. So, listen, we are <laughs> going to jump into our current events segment this week. First and foremost, we cannot help but congratulate. Miggy Cabrera, he is now in the 500 club, a storied career, and it, it, it is absolutely touched off. I don't know. I hope he continues to play, but if he doesn't, boom, he made it to 500, and it's thrilling. I'm jazzed for him. So excited. And he's only the, he's the ninth player to hit 500 home runs with while maintaining a 300 batting average. I mean, there are guys who hit the 500 threshold, fell out of there. I think, did you see that video today? I think it was Alexander Trout posted it to the group where he said that he's the third such ninth, he's the third player to fit in the ninth slot because Alex Rodriguez was there, fell yeah. below 300, and then somebody else came in. I think it was Albert Pujols, and his has fallen below 300. So if he maintains that 300, 300 average, which I'm sure he will, the kind of hitter he is, uh, the, he'll maintain that ninth spot until somebody comes and surpasses him, whenever that is. But and it, it's it's very likely to happen. It's amazing. But let's talk about the future because Brad sent me a graphic today that was terribly interesting. Brad, do you want to kind of explain what the graphic is, and then I'll get into the re- the research we did. Yeah. So what it shows is it shows the top five current home run leader so you've got albert pujols at the top of 677 then you've got miguel cabrera with 500 and then it drops down you got nelson cruz 443 robinson cano 334 john carlos stanton 332 and that got me wondering who's the next guy we're gonna see hit 500 is anybody gonna hit 500 home runs in the foreseeable future and this is the thing that i think is really interesting about this break before we get too far into like these guys individually yeah. is that we're seeing more home runs across the board than we've seen in a long time, especially the last several years with the juiced baseballs. And yep. now that they're not letting pitchers use sticky stuff anymore, guys are hitting home runs again at a pretty yep. high click. The difference is that you've got more people hitting them, not necessarily people hitting more of them. Right. Right? That it's it's more evenly distributed with guys hitting home runs. And, you know, part of that is still with the long launch angle thing. They got, they want more guys hitting the ball deep and in the air. Um, but at the same time, guys are not hitting hardly 50, 60 home runs anymore. I mean, no, I don't remember the last time somebody hit 60. It's been a long time. No, and yeah. so seeing this list. Uh, you mean in a single got, season? Yeah, yeah, in a single season. You've got Nelson Cruz is 41. 
Robinson Cano is currently serving a season-long suspension for PEDs. He's 38, and if he gets one more, he's done. Like, donezo done. Um, and then Giancarlo Stanton is 31 with 332. And, and you know, he... Sorry, he's thirty-one. Did I say that three thirty-one or three thirty-two? Yeah, three hundred thirty-two home okay. runs at thirty-one years old. And he might get there, but he strikes out so much that I don't know what's going to happen in the next day with him. You know, <laughs> I don't sometimes know. between plate appearances, honestly. Yeah. So who who knows? Like, I don't think any of those three guys are going to be the ones to do it because Nelson Cruz is too old. He's batting like a buck fifty since he's joined the Rays. Robinson Cano can't stay on the field, and Stan's not consistent enough. No. No, he's not. <clears throat> so Brad took this information a little bit of a different direction than I did. I wanted to see from the same angle to kind of prove that home runs are being hit more and more. I wanted to know how long did it take each of these guys to reach the 332 line, right? So follow me on this. Mm-hmm. If John Carlos Stanton, Stanton is one of the top active players right now on the watch list for 500, and he's at 332, then and he's 31, and it's his 12th season in the bigs. Okay, so I wanted to know, like, wh- how long did it take Nelson Cruz? Well, so Brad helped me with his nerd guy math, and I really appreciated that. And we ended up finding out <laughs> that Nelson Cruz hit 332 in his 14th season. 37 years old okay mm-hmm. he's currently at 17 years in the league and that includes his 50 game suspension in 2013 okay gotta count that he played like 109 or something like that yeah yeah uh, miguel cabrera he hit 332 in his 11th season so just a shy a hair shy uh or prior to stanton's uh pace and he was 30 so we're, we're looking at a whole years in advance um, and then Albert Pujols hit 332 in, hope you're sitting down, his eighth season in the bigs because he was 12 <laughs> when he started, and uh, he was 28 years old <laughs> when he hit that. That's just crazy. A, I just thought it was interesting to show kind of a pace chart for, for these other guys um, and how they line up. So. Yeah, and that's why that's why it's tough to think of who might be next at 500. I mean, how old is Otani? He's like what, like 24, something like that, 24, 25. Yeah, something. I, like, I don't actually know. I think I'm talking. About, I'll look it up real quick. But I'm too enamored. He, I don't. Oh, <laughs> well, I know, and that's. But he's also pretty much missed two seasons already because of Tommy yep. John. Yeah, you know, and he and he doesn't necessarily bat every day. He's 26, 27. He turns 27 just like a month ago. July 5th. He turned 27 a month ago? Yeah. So he's a lot older than we thought. He like is. a lot he's older. He's considerably older than we, than we thought. He's got 87, and he's got 40 on the season. So if he can continue to hit 40 to 50 home runs over the course of his career, he could get there. Yeah, he'd but have to know. never slow down. He'd have to have way more games where he was hitting the ball, and that's all he was doing, which later in his career is what we're going to see. We know that. But that mm-hmm. is if he can stay healthy and – all this other stuff, this, this rotating in and off the, uh, you know, to the plate on the mound, whatever this weird schedule he's on. Yeah. Isn't going to get it there. Not like guys like Miggy, right. Or pool holes at the plate every single day. Yep. Exactly. Cause that's what he's going to have to do. He would have to be moved to the outfield or a DH full time. 
And we all know yeah. how much he loves to play the outfield. He looks bored out there. He looks like the the kid playing right field in yeah. Little League. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so. the Jolly Green Giant out there standing around bored. Yeah, that's, exactly, that's exactly right. I just, I just don't think that's going to happen. So I have no idea who it's going to be because Bryce Harper is not on pace. Um, no. Tatis, I don't think is on pace because I don't know. I mean, he hits big home runs, but I don't think I don't think necessarily the quantity is going to be his game going forward. Vlad, Vlad. Yeah, Vlad. Maybe. I don't Vlad. know. That's but, I don't know. It's tough. What? But the thing is, is that we've hmm. got to go that young, right? That we're right, going and to then Vlad. it's we're going to Tatis, Acuna, right? Yeah, yeah. And we don't know what they're going to do. We don't. Nobody knows. Yep, it's crazy yeah. to think about that. It's that's that. It's gotten to be that big of a milestone. Like, it, don't get me wrong, five hundred is a big deal, but it's getting to be even bigger than what it was before. Which I, so. I kind of like, right? Especially given the onslaught of home runs and. Like uh-huh. chicks dig the long ball, but I'm over it, right? I made that very yeah. super clear. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I wrote an article with that exact title, so not to be misogynistic or, or anything like that. It's not about well, it, the I mean, patriarchy. The first part was an ad campaign anyway. Running it the was. Night, so it's, so it's not, that's why. Anyway. That's was. It was firmly tongue in cheek, everybody. Firmly, but um, but yeah. So I I don't know. I, I I like that it's getting harder, and I like that Miggy got there. Both. Mm-hmm. That means that the stakes will be higher for the next person that does, and that'll be even better. So, yep, exactly, exactly right. <sighs> Apparently, hey, Brig, yes, Brad. <laughs> it's been a while. It feels like. Oh no! The only because I wasn't on last week. It's the only reason. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. There you go. There you go. You're right. Sorry. Okay, check it out. The collective bargaining agreement is coming up at the end of the season, in case you didn't know. And if you didn't know, you're new here. And if you're new here, welcome. We love you. (laughs) But also, (laughs) you need to know that at the end of this season, they will be renegotiating the collective bargaining agreement. It just happens to be my pet topic. And um, Major League Baseball has proposed a salary cap and, and a salary floor. This for those of you listening at home, we just threw our arms up in the air. This is astonishing. This is literally astonishing. This is what we've been hoping for and calling for. Of of course, we don't know what the terms of this are, right? And we're not sure what the details will end up being versus what the proposal says, etc. But we know baseball needs financial help at the player level. It's got to happen. They need financial help all over the place, but we've got to fix it at the performance level because if we can do that, then we can transfer that money elsewhere and fix the economy of baseball. We should get an economist, economist, get in the mailbag and send us a message so that we can bring you on the show and talk largely about the economy of baseball because it's an enormous topic and we are fanatics but unqualified <laughs> to actually tell you what's going on. <laughs> it's the... <laughs> It's the the econ- the economics of baseball with the hand in glove with the uh, competitive balance of baseball is what it is, and yep. this would go a long way because this is this is one of the things that I saw about this that I, that I thought was excellent. So it would be like we said, salary floor, salary cap, and there are teams in the league who don't want a cap be- or a floor because they're like, well, we can't meet that. You know, that's not profitable for us. Like, that's the whole premise of the movie Moneyball. 
right? Yep. We can't compete with those guys because we don't have the money in our pockets. Well, what this would do is teams that go over the cap, because there's always going to be one or two teams that are willing to buy a championship going over the salary cap. That luxury tax that goes over the salary cap will go to those teams that have a hard time meeting the salary floor. So it really legitimately levels levels the playing field financially for everybody in the league. So, Brig, I'm sorry, but your Yankees aren't going to be able to buy every free agent on the market unless they want to help the A's field a championship team, which Bro, could be dangerous listen, for the rest of the I don't, We haven't done that in a while, first of all. Second okay. of all, can you point out the Dodgers, please? <laughs> That's true. The Dodgers have the highest payroll in the league. So let me for rephrase like that. The Dodgers no. are going to help there the you A's go. actually Thank make you. it to the World Series. Because what they've been able to do with spending next to no money at all, same with the Rays, the Mariners have one of the lowest the payrolls White Sox. in the league right now. The White Sox. Look at what like, Tampa Bay did for the last six yes. or eight, seven years. So the, the Dodgers and I think the Padres have a big payroll right now, too. They're going to help other teams improve by paying their players more yep also I think it's a great way to go it's a great it's a great proposal it could lead to an even better solution i think i don't know that this one needs to be what's accepted what it, what needs to happen is something like this is what i'm saying so yes this is great this and it, even if it's a starting point we kind of get jerked around during the cba which we're not going to be a part of anyway but we the royal yeah. we the get jerked <laughs> around at the CBA negotiations. It'll be fine because I hope I really hope something like this is what we see that's better. And and it I mean it can get worse than what we've just described, but it can, I think it can get a little better as well. So we'll yeah. see. And and we and we know with conversations that we've had with people that because the players didn't propose that they're not going to accept it. Like yep. they're not going to like the cap part of it. They're going to like the floor because that means the owners have to spend the money, right? But I think that there, this is a good start to meeting in the middle somewhere with this because the owners need a salary cap and the players need a salary floor. So I think it's a good start to meeting in the middle and eventually the owners, if it's if it's going to happen, the owners are going to have to accept a proposal from the players, and uh, it's tough because <laughs> they don't like That's each other. Why. So it's really tough. Right, and that's why I say like this. This is large, not likely what we'll see, but yeah. something like it would be totally acceptable if it's good. Yep. So, exactly. Okay, so the Yankees and the Braves are both on a tear, nine game win streak each, and this will have ended by the time you hear this uh, because they're currently playing top of the eighth. Yankees lead three to one. Can I get a woot woot, Brad? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're like no. I won't, and um, we'll get there later. We'll talk about why not. Fine. I know what you're so going to say. I that's, give you a that's okay. It's okay, dude. It's okay. <laughs> I know you're harboring all kind of bias from 1995 on. It's fine. It's okay. Weirdo. <laughs> Well, so like you said, the top of the eighth, two outs, bases are loaded. Yankees are up three to one. So one of these teams is going to lose because they got to, and their streaks yep. are going to come to the end, coming to an end. And to be completely honest, I would love to see the Braves rally and just actually bring the Yankees back down to earth because they've been playing out of their minds for the last now, with, month with the with a couple of nobodies. It's amazing, dude, to watch these, well, the the young kids and the storylines. It's, it's the coolest. 
So let's talk about Luke Voigt for a minute, honestly, because oh, he's let's been talk about a big yes. deal. So they bring in Anthony Rizzo, <laughs> and Luke Voigt feels all sorts of disrespected and <laughs> saying things like, "I deserve to play just as much as he does." And it's like, no, you don't, because that's Anthony Rizzo first off. And then they give Voigt a chance, and it's like, dude, hey, okay, maybe you do, you do, dude, dude. He led the league in home runs last year. Oh, I know, but he's not Anthony Rizzo. But he was in the top five MVP MVP voting too. I don't, I don't care, care what, what your name Rizzo. is. You I don't Rizzo care what your told? name is. So here's this is this is my thing, Brig. This is my thing right here. So did you hear what Rizzo told Odor at third base? Odor got moved to third base for the first time in his career. Yeah, and he yeah. said he was worried about making the throw. And he said, "Just throw it. I'll catch it. Just throw it. I'll catch it." That's what your leader does. That's the kind of leadership the Yankees needed. That's why they're winning. agreed. Agreed. And you don't pull Ag- that out of your okay. lineup. No, you're right. I can't disagree with you. You keep that guy on the field every single day. And Luke Voigt, though, man, I don't think the I don't know if the Yankees bring back Rizzo if Voigt keeps playing like this. But do you have they're somebody not, they around can. to kick him in the butt? To keep him motivated? Does he need it? No. Who, Voight? Yeah, Voight. No, he's just had injuries, dude. It has literally nothing to do with motivation. It's all injury bug. That's it. That's, that's it. Because he, when he's on the field, he's killing it, right? Yeah, that's an issue, though. I know it is. Healthy. And it's not necessarily like this is my thing with injuries. It's people call guys injury prone. It's like, no, guys, just, some guys just have bad luck. Some guys can take a beating and come back from it. Other guys just can't. Like Nolan yeah. Ryan, who we'll talk about later, spoiler, pitched oh! literally until his arm fell off. And some guys just can't do that. It just and depends shit, on Honestly, it's a different culture today than it was then. I don't. It has nothing to do with culture. It has nothing to do with but culture. It, but it is a different culture, and I'm talking about personal culture. The dudes coming up today have a different personal culture than Nolan Ryan did. They think of think themselves it's... differently. The They're allowed to think of themselves differently. They're allowed to approach the game differently, and they do. I think what it comes down to is Nolan Ryan was country strong from the day he was born. Not all these guys are. And that, that is that's a big well, part but, of it, I feel like. But... That's in your brain, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's a bunch of that country strong, resilient, push through the pain stuff that Nolan Ryan brought to the table. That some of the guys today don't. They're they don't have to. They're not being asked to. There's not a culture around. Don't go to the doctor like there was back then, so that you keep your, yourself on the field and you find a way to adapt and overcome. Like that's how it used to be. It's not that way anymore. I don't know. Well, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. It's different. It is different, though. It's, it's just different. different. I don't yeah. know if it's stock or if it's culture or what. I think it's culture. I think it's the personal culture interacting with the, the society that they're a part of. And that is what has conditioned them to think that it's okay to go to the doctor, whereas it wasn't okay to go to the doctor back then. That's it. It's you simple. as worried about being Wally Pipped then, too. To be right. It, that's right. Is it just <laughs> simply, I don't want to get replaced? Yeah. And it's not, it's not, it's not the same. It's not the same now. But well, speaking whatever. of getting replaced, Brig, 
Tops has been replaced. Yeah. Now, this is the thing that's crazy to me is that Tops is the official baseball card of Major League Baseball for 70 years. So that means I mean I'm 35 right now. So they were they were the official baseball card for the 35 years before I was born. I was like, oh my gosh, that's double like double my life, literally. And then now Fanatics comes in and they're gonna be the new official trading card of Major League Baseball for another 70 years. I think so. And, and you know, Fanatics started out as like one of those like lids type stores, like, like kind of a small online store like lids used to be. And, yeah. and then they just grew in and they got to be the official merchandiser of professional sports, plural, general, right? Correct. <laughs> and now they're getting, I mean, they're pretty much monopolizing professional sports. Yeah, they are. And, and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Trading cards are a big deal suddenly. Yes, they know. are. They you know, haven't Gary always B called that about a year ago, though. He did. Gary. He said he said it was going to happen. Gary. I don't know if it happened because he said it was going to or if he just saw it coming. <laughs> but Well, he has so much influence that it's possible that it's both. Let's be super clear be. about that. Yeah, um, it could be. I happen to have some trading cards here, Brad. See if I can grab oh, them. excellent. Um, I good. went out. I went out and sought long and hard, and I'm I'm talking long and hard to find some freaking baseball cards because apparently somebody pulled a gun in Wisconsin and uh, was you know fighting about baseball cards at a Target in Wisconsin. Uh, to me, that's that's taking it too far. That's um, too much. We got all kind of other problems in this country and other countries. So, but but I thought I would do an unboxing on the show right now. Excellent, let's do it right now. You think that's okay? Yeah, we got time. Because I'm just like, you know, what is the big deal? And let's see what I end up with. Now, some of you, I understand, kind of feel this is sacrilege because I have run into a number of people already who found out that I got my hands on some cars, and they're like, "Don't you open that?" And I was like, <laughs> "What do you mean, don't open it?" So apparently, the culture has shifted since i was into baseball cards in my youth and now i'm uh and now we're here we have so to now they don't even now they don't even open the pack apparently not apparently they don't even open it okay so this is a 2021 diamond kings baseball card set there are 20 cards in this box um okay the box was abnormally large for the size of the cards you so know i noticed that, that. One of the last times that I bought baseball cards when I was younger, um, I bought this box. It was actually a box of cards. It came in a cardboard box. It was a little bit more expensive. Yeah. It might have been like five bucks. Yeah. And I was like, oh, sweet. These are going to be awesome cards. I opened it up. There was four cards in the box. And me four? being about 10, 11 years old, I did not think to look at the quantity. I was looking at the quality. Um, there were four cards in the box when I was thinking I was probably going to get at least 15 to 20. It's very disappointing. But okay, what you got in there, Brig. Anything good? First, first one, Krithy Mathewson. Christy Mathewson. If you don't know that okay. name, look it up. Lucas Giolito. Nice. Tony Gwynn. Solid. Can't beat that. Juan Soto. Yeah. Nice. It's really good. Yeah, Eduardo Olivares, Harvey 
Kuhn, Detroit. Looks like he played in. Uh, he was born in 1930, for what it's worth. His desk card is is uh, number three, unless that's the number he wore. Yeah, he wore number three. Let's go through this faster. Jorge Mateo, San Diego Padres. Uh, shoeless Joe Jackson. Would you look at that? I got nice. a Joe Jackson card. That is timely, too. Nice. Dude, That's it awesome. is timely. So I That's live so cool. in Greenville, South Carolina, where he played in the middle leagues here. And his home, after he left baseball and bought a home here, is... Is the is the museum? Got a Joe Jackson museum here. There's a bronze statue outside of Fleur Field, our local minor league club of Joe Jackson. It's as close as he got to baseball. Poor guy. Yeah. Casey Mize, Detroit, uh, San Diego, Young Kim. What is this? This is some kind of fancy dance thing. What is that? I don't even know. Dude, it's like a piece of foam core with mesh backing inside four cutout. Let me show you. There are yeah, four cutout mesh those back. Look like pieces of jer- those look like pieces of a jersey. They do. But it's on That's foam cool. core. It's for Victor Robles, outfielder, Washington Nationals. Yeah, that seems That's like they... Uh... They put a piece of his jersey in there. That's sweet. Well, four, because there are two whites, one red, and one navy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. This one, oh, this one's inlaid, so the border of the card is red. That must indicate that it's some kind of fancy pants uh, rarity, which is cool, but it's none other than uh, Sandy Koufax. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Boy, I lucked out, man. Um, yeah, Ryan Jeffers of Minnesota. Uh, oh, ho, ho, the man himself, Nolan Ryan. Oh, my gosh, Greg. I was just looking through. So I actually have a stack of cards I keep on my desk just for okay. something fun. And I have a Nolan Ryan as well. Shut up. True we story. will have Nolan Ryan cards. <laughs> True facts. Jeez. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so Here's mine. A, I bought this. I bought a pack like five years ago. Yeah, uh, just for something to do. And uh, there's some pretty good stuff in here. Like um, I've got. Uh, well, oh, there's a Nolan Arenado. Um, I've got a Salvador Perez. There's pretty solid. Some pretty solid names in this stack. It's cool, man. We go through the rest of these really quick. We got a Bo Bichette. They call oh, this nice. the Elegance card for those of. Watching it's gold leafed. Wow, and they're very shiny. George Brett. What the heck? Kirby Puckett. This is rigged. This doesn't make any sense. Uh like Dalton Barshow. <laughs> yeah, right. Travis Blankenhorn and Jazz Chisholm in Miami. That's the That's entire deck. Ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, mind-blowing. My 11-year-old self is giddy, <laughs> to say the least. Maybe nine. I don't know. I can't remember. But, I don't know, but that Jazz Chisholm card, that's a good... Hold on to that one for sure. Right? Yeah, that's okay. a good one. That's a good one. All right. All right. 
Very good. So baseball cards from Fanatics now instead of tops. Next, real quick, let's go through. Let's talk about the Little League World, the Little League Classic happened this yeah. weekend. Sunday night baseball, the Angels at the Indians. Uh, did you watch this game, Brick? Did you happen to watch it? I did not. You know, honestly, I forgot it was on because they didn't make a big deal out of it because it wasn't Players Weekend. Like first, my first question here is, what happened to Players Weekend? What's going yep. on there? Yep. You know, they let these guys on these two teams do their thing with their bats and their shoes and everything and have basically a player's weekend, but they don't spread out to the rest of the league. I thought that was kind of Bush League um, because we all like player's weekend. The jerseys, the hats, the bats, the cleats, everything, everything about the it. Cleats. Yeah, the bats and the cleats for sure. Yeah, except for those black and white jerseys and uniforms. We didn't like that. That wasn't good. No, that was trash. But, yeah. But I did watch probably a half the game, and this is my this is my big takeaway from it, Brig is that uh, the Little League Classic is more of an experience for the fans of the game, like just like the kids, which is yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Visually, it just looks like they're playing on a neutral at a neutral site somewhere. Yeah. Other than they do show people in the outfield, people who line the street with, uh, with trucks, with, with seats in their bed, um, scissor lifts, bucket, <laughs> bucket trucks, some guys built scaffolding outside of the outfield fence and major league baseball does not give two shakes about it. They say, if you want to do whatever you want to do to get to see the game, we will not enforce it. Watch it. I thought that was cool. Well, isn't that Humpty Dumpty? That sounds exactly like (laughs) where are all the king's horses and all the king's men? I feel like that's (laughs) what right looks like. Yeah, it was cool. It was that part of it was actually pretty cool to see that there's all those people who were figuring out their own way to watch the game from outside the stadium, and they were just like, "That's fine, that's cool. Do what you got to do." But next year it'll be the Red Sox and the Orioles playing that game. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like because the Red Sox right now are not playing well. The Orioles are not good. Um, So no, it's worse than that. The (laughs) poor kids. The Orioles, the Orioles are the absolute definition of what's wrong with baseball right now. Yes, that is correct. So, but let's talk correct about that foul pole right yellow now. Crayola bat that I did happen to catch. I know it. Of. I know it. It was awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, and that was the thing that like caught my attention about it. I was like, wait a second. They did still do the bats. Yeah. You know, so they kind of got. I don't know. I kind of missed an opportunity there. It's a bummer, but we'll. I don't know. Maybe we maybe we start another petition. We start a petition and we have Major League Baseball bring back bring back uh, Players Weekend. Yes, they should have so, Players Weekend uh, every other every day during this. Something. <laughs> Sorry, you said we both want it increased. No, every yes. other month. No, every other month. I don't know. I just think it should be all the time. Let them do whatever they want with their bats. I don't care. The bats, the bats are exactly right. Just let them do whatever they want. Yep. Uh, really quick, Brad, let's talk about the LA Dodgers City Connect uni- uniforms. Um, what do you so think? Bad. They're so bad. They're so bad. Wow. They're so lazy. So this is the thing. So like, I didn't. Mm. I don't like that. Whoever at Nike is like, let's just do it all like a color. Let's pick a color, Dodger blue. <laughs> let's do the whole thing, Dodger blue. No, right. Just, do a jersey. You don't need to do the pants. They look like sweatpants when they're colored. 
because everybody wears them so baggy yeah. now. They look like sweatpants. So yeah. do just gray or white pants. That's all that needs to be done. And then all they did was push the, the regular logo over a little bit, make it a little bit smaller, and put Los in front of it. It's like I'm pretty sure they sold this jersey about seven or eight years ago because they had we had Los Marineros, we had Los Gigantes, we had uh, I, I don't even know there was a bunch though, and I think yeah. that this is the same jersey they sold during that time. Whoa! And then the hat low hanging fruit is the biggest offense of the entire thing, in my opinion. Because I think they took that hat off of Lids for a Lids limited run series that just said Los Dodgers on. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that, that hat was for sale five years ago. Same thing. Yeah. They, it's like it was their last release. Like, oh, shoot, that's due today. <laughs> and then they threw it together. I got a cup of dirt. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, a it's a cup with dirt in dirt. it. I call it cup of dirt. Just yes. put an F on there and let me go home. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. That, I did my job. To be fair, kind of, I still to be did fair, it. is Brian Regan. That is not original comedy. Do not come after us. We love your work entirely. Entirely. <laughs> so those of you who do not know about Brian Regan's stand-up comedy, it's absolutely hilarious. Get uh-huh. after it. Yes. Pitter patter. Let's get at her. But what did you think about him, Bray? <laughs> oh, I agree with you. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so lazy. It's, it's lazy. I do oh, like the all blue. I like that they kept the red letters. I like the low stoyers. I cool. Um, the promo ad that they did with the graffiti art on the wall that was that's the best terrific. part. Of the thing. It was great. And I, but I feel like they were pushing a narrative that sold their laziness rather than than authentically like representing the culture all the way. And that's where it rubbed me wrong. Like take the Miami one. You're like, Oh yeah. And they're great promo. But, um, this one was like, you know what? My head, you know, like Brian Regan said, a head popped off the pillow. Like, Oh no, that's due today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, it's not, it wasn't my favorite experience and I feel like that's okay. We can move on. Honestly. Yeah. Install the other City Connect jerseys. It's a crime, and they they end. There you go. There you go. All right, before we we take a break, let's do our quick weekly wildcard update. Um, So at the top of the American League, we have the Rays with the 77-48 and record as of this moment on Monday night. And then we've got the Astros leading the West and the White Sox leading the Central. Yeah. Nobody's going to catch the Astros. Nobody's going to catch the White Sox. Those teams have are going to wrap up their divisions. They're going to win them. I don't yep. think the A's are going to win the West. Um, the Rays, on the other hand, like they have like what, like a five-game lead over the Yankees about? Yeah, I think it's five. Let me look. I'll yeah, look really quick, half, but I'm pretty sure it's games. Okay. Yeah. So um four and a half. There you go. Yep. That's because the Rays could go lose seven in a row. And I wouldn't be. They could. No, they they could. But the so Yankees would have to win those seven. Right. They just won nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. We. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but so then the Red Sox have fallen off the face of the flat Earth, and the flat Earth seventy-one and fifty-five. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> and Dad. Sorry, Dad. I don't know. For those no, 
I come from an entire lineage of Red Sox fans, and I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> I'm so it's so sad. Just, <laughs> it's bad news, man. <laughs> like, bad news I bears. Surprise. So so you've got the, the Red Sox in the second wild card spot, and then you've got the A's and the Mariners behind them. The A's are half a game back. The Mariners are three and a half back at this moment. Um, we can Bro. very well see the Red Sox completely miss and even fall yeah. below the Mariners at this point because the Mariners are like I'll be honest with you, man, playing pretty good ball right now. They are definitely out kicking the coverage here, like exceeding anybody's expectations. <laughs> and Thanks, Jason, for that term. To. <laughs> but like it's honestly, here, here's the thing with the Mariners brig is I thought they were going to be a 500 team. Maybe right. like slightly above, win eighty four, maybe eighty five games. Okay. Yep. Yep. I didn't think they'd be on track to potentially win ninety. They're close. They're getting the thing that stinks about yeah. that being in their division. Um, you're still missing out because you're behind the A's and the and the Astros. So very yeah, exciting. you got a big beef with the that whole American League West thing. Anyway, Dude, so so big that, I could go that doesn't. On. Yeah, I could go on for a while about that. But Please let's don't. go over the National no. League. Let's go over the National League. <laughs> so the best record of baseball somehow still belongs to the San Francisco Giants, who have won 80 games. They're the first team to win 80 games this season. And then you've got the Brewers at 76 and 49, and then the Braves at 68 and 56. The Dodgers sit on top of the wild card, the National League wild card at 78 and 47 record, which is just bananas that that's a wild card team. <laughs> They're nine and a half games ahead of the next team. <laughs> Because then you've got the Reds, who have surpassed the struggling Padres, who fired their pitching coach, by the way. That's basically a footnote. Uh, and the Padres are a game back of the Reds. Now, yeah. behind the Padres, you've got the Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be able to, to do anything. The Phillies got swept by the D-backs. They're in a bad place right now. I'm writing them off. I thought even really? last week. I thought even last week they were going to be able to make it. But, dude, after watching the Phillies in person, I don't know what it is about that team, but you just don't have any confidence in them. Like Bryce Harper hit a home run at the game I was at, fist pump, and it was amazing, but it was the most exciting thing you saw from the Phillies all game. There wasn't even anybody on base, like ever. Hmm. I think they got three hits in the game. Wow. Yeah, it was... It was Sounds it like was the Red strange, Sox. It's a strange experience watching the Phillies. So, so It's really bad. Uh, and I it, think the Padres are, are in Arizona. That's bizarre, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. I do think the Padres are going to overcome the Reds and make the make the playoffs, but that could change next yeah. week. I might tell you something different. Well, they are making changes rapidly to make sure that happens. So we'll see. I don't know. They are. Yep. Yep. They are for sure. Well, let's take a quick break. When we get back, yep. we're going to talk about our uh, Texas Rangers Mount Rushmore. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I never get back with me. Root, root, root for the home if they don't win, it's a shame, for it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Shop kids' baseball strips. 
at 9plusss.com. Hey, Brad, can I admit something kind of ridiculous? Yeah, man. I have a Neil Diamond song stuck in my head. I did not see that coming. Well, me neither. Have you been to a drive game recently? Tell me it's Sweet Caroline. Yeah, it's not. It's Song Sung Blue. <laughs> I have to admit I've never even heard of that song. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Dude, you gotta get out more. I think you need a vacation. You're probably right. Did you know that you can get great deals on airfare, hotels, and rental cars by using Booking.com? They have killer prices all in one place. I booked with them when I came out to South Carolina to visit you. Cool. The best part is, every time you use our link, not only do you get great deals on travel arrangements, but you also support the Baseball Together podcast. Maybe I do need to get out more. We all know you need to. Even our listeners know, bud. Well, where should I go? I don't know. I hear Phoenix is nice this time of year. Click on the link in the description to get out of the house and support the Baseball Together podcast all at once. Welcome back, baseball family. Today, Brig and I are going to go through and we're going to present our nominations for the Texas Rangers Mount Rushmore. Um, Brig, though, before we get too far into this, is going to present you with the history of the Texas Rangers and, wouldn't you know it, the Washington Senators. All right, now, to be brief, and we've done this with all of the Mount Rushmores previously, we're going to kind of uh, go through just a brief snapshot of the history. So, this franchise, Texas Rangers, have been around for 61 seasons, 1961 to 2021. Current, that is present. I don't see the Texas Rangers going anywhere. Do you, Brad? No, I wouldn't think so. Very no. good. Just um, have that new stadium, so be around yeah, for a while. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so their record in that time period over the 61 seasons, 4,525 games one, <laughs> excuse me, up against 4,954 losses. That's a .477 win-loss percentage. They've had eight playoff appearances in one seasons. Two pennants, zero, count them, zero world championships. And they have retired six numbers of players all time. And I can go through those now if you'd like, Brad. Go for it. Go for it, Brick. Well, you know, everybody's retired Jackie Robinson's number, so 42 is on the list. Since then, five additional names have been added, and we're talking Nolan Ryan, number 34, Adrian Beltre, number 29. We got Johnny Oates as a manager, number 26, Michael Young, number 10, and uh, Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez as wearing number seven. Those are the retired numbers for the franchise. Very good. Thank you, Brig. Now, this one of the things that I I was I guess having a hard time with this was I was I always look at the all-time top 24 players, right? For these organizations and consider like who who of these people would I consider to be the top four to put on the on the Mount Rushmore? And it was interesting because you have the top four, and then number five is Ian Kinsler. And my very first thought was, I can stop right there because I wouldn't consider him on putting him on anybody's Mount Rushmore. Um, good nope. player. I, I was actually a pretty big Ian Kinsler fan, especially for some reason, especially when he was in Texas, even though they were good and beating the Mariners. I don't know. Anyway, uh, mostly <laughs> with Detroit. But, uh, and 
really I don't I don't want to say an all-time player, but he just played in the Olympics for Israel. He really did. Yeah. So I mean that that's a thing. He was good enough to play in the Olympics. So anyway, but no, at that point I I kind of stopped going down the list. I said, okay, I've got four guys now. One who I would think of putting on there is not is not there, and only because he did not play for the Rangers for very long. That being said, I I do feel like Brig, we're gonna either overlap on three, if not four of these. I was just gonna say that I Brad and I have never done this side by side. We don't compare no. notes. We do engage in any dialogue when we go through this. So for those of you that are new or whatever, thank shout out to our Ireland friends. We don't talk about this at all. And Brazil okay. too. Brazil. Welcome. Oh yeah, Brazil. and Brazil. Welcome. So we're excited about this because this may be may be the very first time that we overlap on all four. We're interested to find out. Now, Brad's given you an idea of how he goes about his process. Mine's a little bit different. I, I, the, the initial lens I push everything through is I want to know, how do you tell the story of the Texas Rangers and not include this person? Right? Yeah. That's, that's how I look at it. Like, could, can you, can you leave them out of the narrative of the franchise and, and still tell the story of the Rangers. So that that's how I approach it. Right. And that's why we came up with, you know, some of the interesting names we've come up with in the past. So if you haven't listened to any of our other Mount Rushmore's, Brad and I, you know, we, we often bring in different kinds of personalities. That's how I tell this, you know, I, I want to tell the story and I almost killed Brad one time. So go back and listen to that. If you haven't already, <laughs> it, it's totally worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> that did happen. All right, man. So, do you want to? I was gonna go say, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. Do, do your first one, Brie. Who's who you well? Gonna... Should we just give the first one out of the way? We could do that. Yeah, Nolan Ryan. Yeah, Nolan Ryan. Yeah, totally. And, and this is this is my thing. So I put Nolan Ryan on my on my list at the very first. He's the very top of my list. I feel like he's a super duh. But then, but then, Brig, I went back and I, I was looking at his at his career and his numbers and everything. And I had the realization that he literally only played, and I, I shouldn't say that, he only played for the Rangers for the last five seasons of his career. Yep. 1989 through 1993, he was only an all-star one time. However, you did bring this to my attention that he did go into the Hall of Fame as a Texas Ranger, which I thought was sure very did. interesting. Uh, now he did lead the league in strikeouts um, twice. Those first two seasons with the Rangers had a three hundred had three hundred one and two hundred and thirty two strikeouts. Um, as far as his career goes, he still leads Major League Baseball with a the most walks allowed, two thousand seven hundred ninety five, which is a lot. Wow! But he also has the most strikeouts five hundred five thousand seven hundred fourteen, which is crazy. So it, what that leads me to believe is that guys are just too afraid to be in the box against him to even swing the freaking bat. <laughs> well, and let's be honest: if there were robot umpires, how many of those would convert back over to one of the other categories? Yeah, it's true. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah like I would like to see exactly how many backwards case he has because i really do think the guys are just in the box they didn't know what to do they didn't know like he's either gonna hit me or he's gonna strike me out either way 
not a great I, outcome. If he does walk me, that's fine. Yeah. He's like, I just don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Either way, I wish I was just about anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And the fact that he pitched so many innings. So he did pitch a total of 5,386 innings over the course of his career. There were a lot of complete games in there. A lot. A oh, lot of complete games load. in there. Because yeah. I mean, there were 222 over the course of his career. In his heyday with the Angels. You know, he was pitching, so he had three years in a row where he threw 20 plus, 20, 26, and 26 complete games in a season. Wow. So yeah. that's where guys are just not getting a chance to, like, not wet their pants in the batter's box. <laughs> right. There's no, there's no relief. <laughs> Maybe that's where the term relief came from. Like, oh, please. <laughs> Please let me face someone other than Nolan Ryan. <laughs> and the batters are visibly relieved. And that's where relief pitchers come from. <laughs> Maybe. It's not so much the pitcher as it is the batter. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> I might be crazy too, but I'm probably the lunatic you've been looking for. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> but so here's the other thing too is over the course of his career, Nolan Ryan threw seven no hitters. Um, that's a lot for those of you who don't know. I don't have a whole lot of context for you, but that's a lot, especially I mean, even over the course of a what uh, 27 year career. The fact that 27, stop there and just think about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. 27 years in anything is remarkable. That's like marriages last that long, and that's it. You know, (laughs) some, some, very few are in the military that long, but that's it, though. That's it. Yes. Well, here's another thing. I just looked this up. So of those seven no-hitters, two of them came with the Texas Rangers. So he was north of 40 when he was throwing two of those no-hitters, at least. And so, okay, here's another one for you real quick. I'm going to bring this back. Um, so the his last game um, came September 22nd, 1993, in the Kingdome against my Seattle Mariners. Oh. Uh, he gave up two hits, walked four, gave up five runs and basically like i said like it's almost like his arm fell off but as he walked to the dugout obviously upset disappointed could tell that his career was basically over at that point he got a standing ovation from the fans of seattle yep so no pretty pretty, pretty freaking cool it's freaking cool and he said i felt it go right i felt it pop and it was it and just kind of was like hanging limp and he had to he he stood on the mound. You should see the video. The video is remarkable. He takes off his hat and he looks around, and that's when we all were like, "Whoa!" You know, something is definitely going on here. So, a couple mm-hmm. of statistics that I think are remarkable. His WAR is has been calculated at eighty one point three. Eighty one point three wins above replacement for this starting pitcher. So that's remarkable. His lifetime ERA is three point one nine. With all those complete games, 
and all those innings pitched better than anybody else. Like 3.19 over 5,000 innings pitched. And giving in his last appearance, he did not record an out, gave up five earned runs. That's essentially an infinite ERA for that game. Yeah. Which, you know, one game in that many is not going to have that big of a weight. But still, if he had two of those, it's going to, it could be significant. That's right. So that's over the course of 807 games that he pitched in. And what I think is he's a Hall of Famer, eight-time All-Star, and part of the 1969 World Series Championship. His number is retired in, I believe, Texas and in Anaheim, if I'm not mistaken. I but he's also – he also three saves to his name. Oh, oh. <laughs> he's got three saves as a starting pitcher. Now, I don't know how that happens other than he's gotten pulled in you know, midway through probably a playoff game scenario. And, and that's some winner take all type, you know, do or Randy Johnson um, has a couple can you of imagine, that same reason. Exactly. And that's what so, I was going to yeah. say. Can you imagine saying, dude, you know what? We need you coming in to close this out uh, and make sure. And I know you pitched yesterday or the day before, but we have got to have you right now. And then, there's no relief in that box. <laughs> like those dudes, they're like, well, <laughs> should we just go home? Cause I might actually die here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. So Nolan Ryan does have his number retired with the angels. Yeah. And that to me, angels. to me, that shows just how remarkable he is. We could probably do an entire episode talking about how much we love Nolan Ryan. We shouldn't right now, but the, so he spent partial season uh, 1966 with the Mets. He went on to play with the Mets for you know three or four more years. Then he was with the California Angels for eight. Then he was with Houston for nine, and he finished with Texas. Um, and he has, as Brad said, chosen Texas as his Hall of Fame cap on his plaque at Cooperstown. So yeah. pretty remarkable guy, pretty remarkable performance. I don't think you can tell the story of baseball without Nolan Ryan. And if he played on that team, it's really hard to say you can't tell the story of the Texas Rangers without talking about Nolan Ryan. Texas boy, hometown, the whole shebang. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Agree. Brig, why don't you go ahead and lead us into our next one? Okay. I'm going to go with another one that that is, for me, a no-brainer. It's probably going to overlap with you, and that's Pudge. Yvonne Rodriguez, yeah. you can't tell the story of the Rangers without Pudge. He played catcher. He's a 5'9", 205 pounds. This dude is also in the Hall MVP, 14-time All-Star, number retired. He's from Puerto Rico. Here we go. This is what I'm talking about. 68.7 calculated war. He um, – let me go if this thing will turn around and go – he played most of his career in Texas. He had a stint in Florida, Detroit, and then he franchised himself out for a little while, just like everybody does at the end of their career, specifically through late 90s and early 2000s. But um, most of his games and most of his successes are in Texas. Yeah, and he did. He got the World Series with the with the Florida Marlins in in 2003. 
Um, he yep. was the, he was the catcher on that team. Well, and, the, and one of the things that I think is interesting is that you know he like you said he played the majority of his career in Texas, um, and then he went back to Texas in 2009. And I think we all thought that that was just like a farewell tour. He played 28 games. But then it's like the Nats in 2010 came calling. He's like, yeah, I'll come play 111 games for you, apparently. And, sure. I'm only 38 years old. Out. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. As a catcher, his entire career, his oh, entire man. career, he was primarily a catcher, played a little bit of first base, DH a little bit, he got second base, probably just an appearance with Detroit at second base. They just yeah. needed him to fill in, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But nobody does that anymore. Nobody stays at catcher for that long as their primary position. We saw um, just uh, Mauer, Joe Mauer. Oh, yeah. Went prime, like predominantly to first base. And, you know, I think some of that had to do with concussions, some of it had to do with his <clears throat> knees. But specifically, Bryce Harper was drafted as a catcher out of the community college he was playing for. And they said, no, we want to prolong your career. You're moving to the outfield. Yep. You know, you, you see things like that happen, but there are a few guys who have the resilience that Pudge had at the position. And that was the thing that I always looked up to with him as a catcher growing up. That people always said, Who's your favorite catcher? I'm like, Well, my favorite catcher is Dan Wilson because he plays for my favorite team. But if you right. ask me who I really look at as like who I model my game after is Pudge because everybody did. All the everybody who I was friends with at, the, at that age who was a catcher, it was, it was always Pudge. Because he played differently than everybody else. Well, and he played with a smile on his face. And that's the thing I will never forget about Pudge. Is that every time you turned around, that dude was giggling and teasing somebody (laughs) and having a good time. And he looked like the baseball player we were being at that age in our lives. Right? He played the game the way we played the game. And it was high intensity. We knew the stakes. We were having fun, though, all at the same time. Right. right. There's yeah. not a there are very few eleven year olds that I played with, twelve year olds or whatever, that didn't want to win real bad, but also we knew like we were gonna have a good time. And that's yeah. what Pudge did. That's why I love I'll never forget that about Pudge. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, like so that's that's one of the big things that sticks out. And I mean, I don't know, as like I said, as a as a kid growing up watching Pudge play the position, um, it was a pretty big deal seeing a guy who was that good, you know, like that good offensively. He had just under a shade of a three. Like he finished the 296 batting average. He finished with 311 home runs. He wasn't hitting a whole bunch every year, but he was, he was hitting more than 10, which is not something catchers usually do unless your name is Johnny Bench, right? So so he, it was a big deal watching Pudge for me growing up. Um, he's going to be on any Mount Rushmore for me. I mean, I – would maybe consider putting him on the Detroit Tigers if he played for them longer or even maybe a little bit earlier in his career. But no, he was, he was a big, he's very influential on, on, on my, uh, I don't want to say career, but my time playing baseball. <laughs> so, but let's go ahead and take a short break. When we get back, we have two more for our Mount Rushmore. I'm Jason. And I'm David. And we're the hosts of the non-North sports podcast. where the home of sports talk for everyone. Join us bi-weekly as we talk about the happenings in sports. You can find the Non-Letter Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. You know what, Brig? What's that, Brad? 
I'm just not much of a coffee drinker. Boy, I knew that. You're still stuck in your yummy phase. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so what what exactly do you do to get it going in the morning? I know I know it is not a good night's sleep. You're right, it's not. Instead, I drink Rays. I tried a ton of different energy drinks over the last few years to help me get up in the morning, and it is by far the best tasting. It's mildly flavored, yet still flavorful. There's no crash, so I actually feel like I can finish the workday when it wears off around 2.30. Visit repsports.com, that's R-E-P-P sports.com, and use code BTPOD at checkout to support the Baseball Together podcast and to get 15% off your sampler pack, variety pack, or custom order of Ray's Energy. All right, welcome back, baseball family. We're going to go ahead and wrap up our Texas Ranger Mount Rushmore here. And uh, two for two on the overlap, Brad. I think that's pretty yeah. remarkable. Mm-hmm. I think this one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead one up as well let's see if we overlap again do you want to do this yeah let's do it all right i, I i'm going with adrian beltray got him on my list yeah <laughs> Ooh, the stakes three. are getting higher pause they the show are. call your friends make sure you, you know you you wager on this <laughs> if you're not betting on whether we overlap four for four i mean are you even listening to us the proper way i don't know well, and I want to know if you're not betting on this podcast, what are you even doing with your life? So, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be at least 25 cents riding on this. <laughs> at least, if your over and under doesn't come out to at least 25 cents, I'm going to have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Said the man's never bet on anything in his life. All right, <laughs> Brad, why don't you tell us why you picked Adrian Beltray? Okay, so Adrian Beltre, to so one thing for me first off is that the heyday, like his best years of his career, came in in Texas. I feel like if you ask somebody who Adrian Beltre played for, the first thing they would tell you is Texas. Just average fan, not a fan of the Dodgers, Mariners, or Red Sox. They would tell you Texas uh, because yep. that's where we saw that's where we saw him have the most success. He had four All Star years with the Rangers, sorry, three with the Rangers, one with the, with, with the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And um, having seen him play in Seattle the way that he did, uh, which was not great, um, we refer to his time in Seattle as the time that he forgot how to play baseball or forgot how to hit. He's good defensively. He's very good defensively at third base for the Mariners. But uh, he was not great offensively in Seattle, as so many players are when they get are not when they get there. Um he was he was good in LA. He was pretty good for the Dodgers, but he was not as good anywhere as he was with the Rangers. And um beyond that, I mean that's where we got to know the personality of Adrian Beltre, right? The goofing off, just a silly guy. We saw yeah. him take a knee when he would hit home runs. Uh like he would he would swing and he'd go down on one knee when he hit home runs in Boston, took that to Texas. Um, he was goofing around a lot with Elvis Andrews. That was one of my favorite left sides of the infield around because they would like steal steal fly balls from each other. They would mimic each other, catch a fly ball, stuff like that. It was fun to watch. It was a whole lot of fun to watch. Yeah. So I yeah. loved it. Loved his time in Texas. Um, he was top 10 in MVP voting three, four times. Won four gold gloves, three gold gloves. 
in Texas. Um, he carried the team into the national spotlight when they didn't necessarily deserve to be. We're not a great team overall, but he was a very good player. And by, I mean, like I, like I said, top 10 MVP voting, very, very good player, all-star a couple times. Um, and since 2010, the Rangers have been Adrian Beltre, in my opinion. Couldn't so. agree more, man. That is legitimately what I was going to say. Two-time platinum glove, four-time silver slugger, five-time gold glove, four-time all-star. Career war calculated at 93.5. That's remarkable. 93.5 mm-hmm. at a third baseman uh, and a right-handed third baseman at that. So, Well, they're all right-handed. Shut up. I said that and then <laughs> had the same thought. I was like, why did you say that? And then I don't know what happened. <laughs> I should have just made it sound like I was you. That would have been Stay with better. Conviction, Brig. Just I usually do. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, career batting average was uh, two eighty six. Not nothing to write home about there, but also um, just solid. The solid. It's a solid performance. I and I agree that for me it comes down to. You cannot tell the story about the Texas Rangers without Adrian Beltre. Doesn't happen. Yeah, and that's really and and it comes down to it too. He's the top. He's the third player down the list in the top twenty-four players in Rangers history with a forty-one point one WAR with the Rangers. It goes Pudge, Rafael Palmero, and then Adrian Beltre. Yep, that's that's the the top three right there. So. I, in a, in, in a franchise with as rough of a history as they have had with guys not sticking around, not performing, and just generally just a, a franchise that hasn't been great over the years, um, he was a definitely a bright spot for the franchise. Agreed, Brad. Why don't you go ahead and uh, let me give you my fourth or you want to get – I think this is where we're going to diverge, honestly. I do, too. Actually, like looking at looking at it more, I think this is where it's going to be different. Um, I'll go ahead with mine. I'm going to go with Buddy Bell. Whoa, we do diverge. Very good. Okay, there we go. Sorry for those of you who bet. Uh, that's why we don't gamble. Twenty-five cents. That's right. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Adrian Beltre spent eight years of his career with the Texas Rangers, as did Buddy Bell. These were, however, his peak years. They were in the middle of his career. Um, he was a four-time All-Star for the Rangers. Um, he had a career, a career war with the Rangers of, sorry, my window is loading, 36.3. He had a career batting average of 279, 201 home runs, and 55 career stolen bases. And for those of you who are curious, he is the father of David and Mike Bell, who also played in the big leagues. I know David Bell because he was the third baseman for the Mariners in 2001 when they won 116 games. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Mm-hmm. But he he was, a, I mean, he, was a, he was a fixture for, um, for the Rangers. He's another third baseman for this team. When he was with the Rangers, he, he was top 10 MVP. Once he won 
three, four, five, six gold gloves. He had a gold glove every time, every year with them. Uh, like I said, he was a four-time All-Star with the Rangers. And again, it comes down to a team that doesn't have a rich history of talent. Um, Pudge spent the most time with them, and after that, it, it gets to be Palmero, who honestly, for me, I think of the Rangers and I believe the Orioles. But anyways, mm-hmm. you know, th- th- these guys who spent some time in Texas, but it, it wasn't their their entire career with them. So having having those good years with the Rangers is really what gets him on the Mount Rushmore for me. And uh, you've got to have somebody during during those years when this team was not good. And, well, the 80s was kind of that time for the Rangers. So Buddy Bell is my third. Or sorry, my fourth. Who's your fourth, Brig? You know, it's going to come controversial. And I know Buddy Bell was kind of a difficult choice as well right because you kind of had to decide like where do you go now so mine's the same way and uh i gotta but but let me just clear the air first okay before i reveal who it is this dude's an mvp five-time all-star three-time silver slugger he won a batting title but his career war is at 28.2 it's a little low for what we would consider a mount rushmore However, this outfielder was a first-round draft pick to the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. We all know how first-round draft picks go. But yeah, we do. Play with Texas, one, two, three, four, count them, five, six seasons after a two-year stint in Los Angeles Angels in uh, Anaheim. We're talking Josh Hamilton. I, I got to go with Josh. Yeah, that's interesting. That's that's a really interesting pick and definitely controversial, I would say. But it is present. So here's why, I, Josh Hamilton. So first of all, we we have to decide how we're going to fill this fourth slot, right? And until we have a more robust personality, or or better performance, or a World Series perf- appearance and or title with uh, a you know, some, some serious leadership. It's going to be hard to decide who this fourth, fourth person is for Texas. So the reason I went with Josh Hamilton is because of his off the field and on the field combo. Josh Hamilton is widely known as a, an alcoholic and he's had really a ton of trouble with drugs but what he's done is he's dedicated his life to not only improving and changing that, but helping improve and change the narrative for other people. There is a tremendous uh, amount of social responsibility that he is taking upon himself and using the platform that he earned, I would argue, in Texas as a ranger right. yeah. to present this new, you know, to, to, to really intervene on people's behalf and say, know what it's like to struggle i know what it's like to have problems you're not alone we aren't better than you as professional athletes and this larger thing that's going on so i chose josh hamilton because he does have some tremendous baseball performance to back him up he really does yeah he does he's not a he's not a slouch pick so and i argue it has its own validity and its own weight that's why i went with josh hamilton I like it. I mean, it's it's a good pick. Like, and I actually think if he had stayed in 
Texas rather than going to Anaheim because it, it's been documented that the reason he struggled in Anaheim, the reason he had the issues he did is because he didn't have the support system around him. If he had stayed in Texas instead of chasing that fat contract, the angels were going to give him that. I don't, I don't want to say he wouldn't have had any issues, but I think he, we would have seen continue to see the consistency and the trajectory that we saw in Texas. I mean, like you said, he was a, he was a five-time all-star. He actually led the league in batting average 2010 with 359 average won the MVP that year. Yeah. And the only place he go from there is down, but he was still solid. He's still yeah. a good, a really good player. So yeah, I think that's actually a really good pick. Um, I think your arguments are, are valid and, and he is kind of a quarter, cornerstone for uh, for the Rangers. And the year that they won the or they made the playoffs, and he was there, they I believe because of him they had non alcoholic beer in the clubhouse. Yeah, right. Because yeah, that's my understanding. I don't know if that's true, but it's cer- it certainly briefs well. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. You know. Does. So yeah, it's good. But, but baseball family, let us know what you think about this Mount Rushmore. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? I mean, we overlapped on three of them because, like we said, there's not a whole lot of history with transcendent talent uh, with with players with the, with the Rangers. Um, is there anybody we're missing, Rangers fans? Is there somebody you would have put on there instead? Let us know. Reach out. Send us an email in the mailbag at baseballtogether.com. There's also a link in the description of every episode. Don't forget to also jump on the shop at night. Dot com that's n-i-n-e-p-l-u-s-u-s dot com nine plus s dot com brad's wearing his hot dog at the ballpark t-shirt and his copa uh copa hat this uh, dia del mago hat that we have here uh, we all hope you celebrated dia del mago on august 15th with us um i'm wearing my I speak fluent baseball t-shirt right now in our summer series colors very exciting. Go and get yourself something nice. And we're dropping discounts all the time in the VIP group as well on Facebook at Nine Plus Us VIPs. So navigate to the Nine Plus Us page, go to groups, and then jump into the VIP group there. Send us a request and we'll let you in. We'd love to have you in our baseball family there. Most definitely. Most definitely. And don't forget to jump over to baseballtogether.com where you can watch the podcast. You can listen to the podcast. We have a few articles up there on, a, on our blog. I would kind of like to get back into that. I've said that before. I have some topics <laughs> I want that have been uh, itching my brain, I guess, that I want to get out on the blog there. We'll see if I can get to those. Um, and I'll let you know for sure in the VIP group when those drop. But don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Let us know what you think. Send us some feedback uh, in Apple Podcasts. You can rate with stars and also let us know what you think. Or you can just send that straight through the mailbag on BaseballTogether.com. There's always a link in the navigation. And with that, Baseball Family, we will catch you next week. Mm -hmm.